everyone and welcome back to the bones booth we are going over season four episode 11 the bone that blew original air date november 26 2008 we are coming at you every week going over an episode of bones helping you guys do that hi i'm maggie your big time bones fan <laughs> this is taryn and i was chewing cookies <laughs> this is Andrew, and I didn't think anything because I was distracted by Taryn chewing cookies. <laughs> and I'm Akil. This is the first time I'm watching the show. All right, professional start. What kind Let's of cookie? Go. Yeah. The world wants to Great. It's like the um, Whole Foods mini chocolate chip cookies. Mm. Ooh, are they the soft or hard? They're like, they're crunchy, but they're buttery in a way that's pleasing. Mm. I mean, you know, mm. it's like a packaged. Yeah. Mini like chocolate a famous- chip cookie. Amos, like a famous Amos, yeah. A chip, a chip ahoy. Chip ahoy. Yeah, like a mini chip ahoy. Mm. Um, yeah, or like an impulse snack by the other day, but they're pretty good. Don't they're organic, yeah. so they're healthy. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> That's how that works, right? <laughs> yeah. The the more money I spend, the better it is for yeah. me. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's how I feel about Costco's cookies. I don't know why. They don't label them as organic or anything. I just have this idea that they're healthier for you because Costco made them. <laughs> so this episode was directed by Jessica Landau and written by Carla Kettner. So Jessica uh, had directed before this Player Under Pressure. Um, and Carla Kettner before this wrote our last episode, Um the passenger in the oven and the teleplay for man in the outhouse. Um, <laughs> so I would say third time is not the charm um, in my perspective. <laughs> I would agree. You didn't like you the guys just don't like this. More like the episode that blew. Uh, oh. uh, nice just one. kidding I, that's too i that's feel too. like this is max slander but it's fine and we'll go through it oh boy <laughs> this is delightful in this episode just for the record we got mm. max and wendell god max and wendell come on bring back clark lots of controversial opinions today <laughs> a fiery wednesday evening okay so as per uh Akil's very very correct only opening scenarios we can have we have some hooligans who are trying to steal a tree <laughs> confusion they wanted to look at a tree a special tree that you can't see anywhere else they wanted to cut it down for the wood right because it was a black walnut tree yeah they wanted like to cut it down to make i don't know make something out of it or sell some sell the wood lumber lumber prices supply chain you know yeah, yeah so bad <laughs> so they're trying to find it and for some reason and i don't know why they look up um but i guess that's good because the one guy who's like the dumber one um looks up and sees the body and the other guy also looks up and is like yep that's a skull and then the first guy screams <laughs> like bloody murder <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was thinking about it, like it, it's not a horror like you don't need to do your like your campy scream moment you know you don't need that it's bones it's a great <laughs> performance yeah it's a good scream it's memorable then we go and we see bones and cam are walk they're not walking talking they're walking arguing because cam hired max to work with kids at the jeffersonian <laughs> i love that max is back in like the weirdest capacity whatsoever right now <laughs> this is immediately something that 
like the scenario is just so stupid it just instantly made me go no yeah no. i checked out Absolutely like right not. as this happened <laughs> Max i, mean, I will not- say i don't think cam is the hiring manager for like science docents at the jeffersonian museum like that makes no sense but it's hilarious <laughs> this role never existed before <laughs> Yeah, this role never existed before. Max Keenan, prop, like, oh, he, what, he magically is a perfect fit for it? No, absolutely not. Yeah. We barely knew that he was a science teacher at all. How dare you try to now how was he shoehorn, now, how, how dare you now try to shoehorn in that, oh, he's actually this amazing science teacher that's, like, renowned. Uh, no, he was, a, he was a biology teacher in Ohio. Like, get Did they not run background checks? Do you not need a security clearance to work at the Jeffersonian? Well, <laughs> probably if not. You're a, if you're a docent, <laughs> probably not. No. I mean, we know how bad the security is. They don't care. <laughs> they didn't know what <laughs> a key card was in this episode. Security <laughs> clearance so that you can be trusted with like some confidential information. I guess the whole point is that he's not around any of the like actual work. He's just supposed to like cart kids around, <laughs> be a tour guide. I don't like it. So he's like an NBC page. Yeah. yeah. He's Kenneth. <laughs> he's Kenneth. <laughs> All right. I will with that say, analogy, I'm back in. <laughs> I will say I do agree with Bones this entire episode when everyone's like, but he's your dad. She's like, but this is the Jeffersonian. He can't be here. Like, I am with her the whole episode when everyone's trying to say, you're just upset it's your dad. And she's like, am I the only one? who cares about the sanctity of this building? Like, hello. I don't care about the sanctity of the building. I think that uh, it's, it's, it's her dad. It's, it's not unreasonable to not want to work two feet away from your father. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, it, and then it's weird that instead of trying to repair their relationship or get the hint that she wants some space from him, that he just is being like, hi, I'm going to like start to join the workforce with you. For like, me, this is just a whole nother like manipulation tactic. It's yeah. like oh, the it's most so egregious mani- one yet. Yeah, like because what because what I gather is that they have a, they have a relationship. It, they're still trying to figure it out. She's trying to figure out boundaries and how much do I trust this guy? Um, you know, because they they had their moment. They're whatever. He she maybe was avoiding him or wasn't you know taking a lot of steps. So he decided, well, here's a way I can get closer to her. Yeah. It, get, way up up. Her, get way up in her professional space a place that she bad. a place that she loves a place that she feels yeah. very comfortable and yeah. safe in and all of a sudden he has breached that to try to be closer to her to be like well you weren't hanging out with me enough elsewhere so i'm just gonna get up all in your grill at mm-hmm. work it's inappropriate mm-hmm. it was a I nice agree. thought <laughs> yeah boundaries it's a nice it's a nice thought but i do i do agree that it feels like like why do you have to why do you have to do my thing like this is my thing totally yeah you want to hang out let's get korean barbecue you want to hang out let's go yeah let's go let's go to the diner let's go to benihana Benihana. yeah let's let's hit up some some hibachi you know God, I want hibachi so bad. Oh my God. You guys oh my God. Like I still have never gone. Okay. So Bones and Cam are like arguing about that. She says, if there's a probation period, please fire him when it's over. And then she goes into like a lab room we haven't seen yet. 
and he's in there teaching them about refraction with like a huge jello mold which I will say looks kind of fun and hopefully that means you get like some jello at the end but I do feel and I really hate that they chant Max K the science way absolutely not hate it <laughs> I hate that part not great not great mm. Max you can't have a a jingle <laughs> no but I do like when um he was like, oh, this is my daughter. I taught her everything she knows. And she's like, mm, actually, I went to college and have many degrees. Actually, no, asked- you abandoned me. Uh, and I did. <laughs> and I grew up in foster care because you weren't there. Yeah, because you were all out bank robbing. <laughs> then you had to leave me. Um, but he's like, oh, give them some info on refraction. And she goes into like a whole huge scientific explanation. He's like, wait, wait, wait. What was your favorite example when you were little? And I like when she says rainbows, all the kids are like, oh, rainbows. <laughs> and then she leaves because he's like, oh, any other information? And she's like, no, I have to go look at a dead guy. Bye. <laughs> Just like takes off. <laughs> so then they're out you know, at the crime scene, she's there with Booth looking up into the tree where only some of a whole person is. It's not like a full skeleton. Um, I also think it's so funny that immediately she's like, oh, it has to be wind that got that up there. And I was like, how many times has an explosion (laughs) put something up in a tree for us that we've already watched at least three? Insane. She was like, nope, wind. And I was like, okay. <laughs> All right, then. Because, like, the body was burned. So you, it's not like there weren't burn marks that would indicate a um, explosion. I don't know. It just makes me laugh that she's like, it's definitely wind. I was like, every other time something's been in a tree, it's been an explosion. But that's fine. <laughs> yeah, this time, got to be the wind. Totally wind. And then there's about five juvenile booby jokes uh, with the fish and wildlife officer, which are like very, very silly that they make Booth do. <laughs> um, and then Bones also sniffs like the actual bones and Booth is like, ah, geez, I hate when you do that because that is kind of gross. But she's like determining that it was a recent burning rather than um, like months it was only been weeks and then as we already mentioned Wendell is back as our intern and he has found the hyoid bone and bones takes one looks at it and is like this was definitely a murder so now they have to look at finding the rest of this person because they only have like partially remains and then it's theme song did you guys notice yet Speaking of theme song, although it's not the theme song, it's the credit song. Our credit song switched finally. It was like yeah. three episodes ago. Yeah. It's the more dramatic violin one instead of the like bee boop bee boops from the first <laughs> four seasons. Oh, good stuff. I didn't notice. I mean, I noticed, but I didn't like register. I can't, I couldn't tell you what the theme song is. Like, I couldn't hum it back to you. So the original one is I like. I know the original. And this one is it's all violin-y. So it's totally and it'll be like that for the next till the end of 12 seasons. It'll be the violin version. So enjoy the enjoy that while you're hitting next on Hulu and not anymore on Amazon. How dare you, Jeff Bezos, take it off. 
because I know it was his choice. Um, so <laughs> then we come upon Max, who walks up to Booth at the Jeffersonian. Booth is super confused because Max is in his, say it with me, lab coat. <laughs> he's like, you work here? And he's like, yeah, like, I'll see you later. And then he gets up on the platform with Cam and Bones. And he's like, your dad works here now? And Bones will not be happy about this until truly the last scene. And uh, Booth asks why she wants Cam to fire him. And she correctly points out that they all work in a crime lab and her dad is a bank robber and accused murderer. So should not be in the proximity of evidence for anything. Because remember back again with um, Hodgins, how he like touched that one evidence in Man in the Mansion. And it was a whole huge deal. It's like, we can't just have people willy-nilly around court case evidence. So... I think she's truly justified this whole episode. But Cam comes in flaming hot saying, well, Booth has killed more people than Max has and he works here. And I was like, damn. And then she turns around and goes, oh, and also you've killed someone <laughs> yourself. Lest we forget Mr. Gil Lappin, uh, who had kidnapped our Helen Majors in The Blonde in the Game season two, episode four, which well, was our second ep- episode. <laughs> Let's also not forget Pam. Yeah, Pam. She's straight up shot in the neck. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that's who we were talking about. Pam. I thought that's what... Yeah, Pam. Pam is number two. Gil is number one. So yeah. she's got her body count is two at this point. So Cam's <laughs> like, y'all have murdered more people than he has. <laughs> that is completely different situations though. One was like for our country. <laughs> Actually, yeah. both were for our country, really. Yeah. I oh yeah. I guess I think it was in an episode I watched today. I don't think it was in no. Because I, I I rewatched this episode and then I just kind of was watching all the rest <laughs> that came after this one. And there's one where Sweets is talking to Booth and he talks about like his military career. He was like, I killed people, I didn't murder people. You should like understand the difference. Um, so I was like, oh damn. So it's kind of the same thing here. But I was like, Cam really came in hot. And Bones is like, well, why are you defending him? Like defending her dad. And Cam turns around, and, turns around and goes, well, why aren't you? It's like, it's not your dad. I don't know why she is defending him. He doesn't so need to be defended. He definitely was guilty of the crime, got away yeah. with it for a bad reason. And then uh, is just kind of loose. And it's kind of a, like, he should not be free. Um, now that said, I love that he is. <laughs> love that he is. Well, that said, I don't actually have a problem this entire time with him being like in or around or near the evidence because um, I think that's kind of BS because um, she's clearly, I, well, obviously that's not the real reason she's upset, but like right. even still, it's like, eh, who cares? He, he, he's not he's not connected to the cases, even if he yeah. was around the evidence, he's not connected to them. Right. We haven't gotten there yet, but I also don't think Sweets' reason is correct either. But no, when he no. mentions it, we can go over that. <laughs> Sweets didn't uh, help at all. No, the reason, the reason is that he he's buttoned in on her personal or in her personal world. Yeah, boundaries. Yeah, pa- parent boundaries. Totally. I have a huge like problem from a principal standpoint. Like people are constantly getting convicted for like the smallest crimes. Like like possession oh. of like the smallest drugs get convicted for like years in prison and oh yeah somebody like max keenan can just not only walk off scot-free can also get a job at like 
a federal institution and like potentially oh, you, like you're not, you're not gonna like how this episode ends then either I'm no sorry, y'all but... <laughs> all of this is terrible yeah where is justice well yeah look, well i was gonna say like I, I don't have a problem with max being here because i'm like generally if you were charged with a crime or whatever or even if you were guilty of it once you're done yeah you're you done. shouldn't you, you shouldn't just never be able to work again yeah you know i'm not saying that but max keenan shouldn't be able to get a job at the jefferson you know, <laughs> i'm not saying he's GLDR. the one i'm not saying he he's, the, vote, he's the one who deserves but... it i'm not saying he's the one that deserves the the treatment but i would say there's yeah. probably a lot a lot of the people that you just mentioned who are imprisoned and whatever for years and years they probably deserve to be able to get a job at the jeffersonian after they get out and they've served their time why not hmm. yeah i guess it depends on exactly what job they get i think that was yeah. like the whole thing yeah too. i mean i'm not I think yeah, there I don't should think be security be protocols like... that the Jeffersonian clearly doesn't have, which we've discussed yeah. at nauseum. It's so bad. It's so, so bad. Yeah. But Bones tries to get them like back to like focusing on the case instead of talking about her dad. And they don't have much of the skeleton to go on, but Bones has noted an anomaly that there are compression fractures that you would normally associate with somebody who's older or has osteoporosis. And this person's not even 30 years old. So it's like, there's something identifying there. And then Cam gets a call that they got a hit from the armed forces database that they have their victim, this guy named Calvin Warren. Um, he would have been like a parachute jumper. So that explains the compression fracture uh, that he has. And then Cam says the Marines don't know where he is because he went off the grid after he was honorably discharged. But Booth is like, I'm going to look in the controlled substance database. So many databases uh, because like he was like, is his back bad enough that it would need to be medicated? And she was like, yes, absolutely. He's like, okay, you guys go back and play with your bones. I'm going to go and see if I can find any other information about this guy. So then we have Cam Hodgins and Wendell are in the Uki room looking at the bones. They're trying to figure out what kind of fire would create the exact burn to the body. Cause it was like too, like not warm enough to be like cremated, but like warmer than whatever. And Wendell's like, I think we need to figure this out. And Cam very like coy thinking she's being like flies. Like, how would you go about doing that? And Wendell's like, hmm, we could do an experiment. And Hodgins catches on so quickly that they're trying to like make him like do experiments again to make him like happy um, and not feel as bad that he doesn't have Zaccaroni with him anymore. Poor Angela. True. Yeah. They take so much from poor Hodgins. It's poor okay. He's a yeah. literal, he's one of those Hodgins. It's fine. <laughs> He's got enough. Yeah. He's okay. <laughs> yeah, it is fine. So he's like, oh, is that what's going on here? And Cam's like, you'll re quite remember that I was mostly against all of your experiments. And he's like, well, you liked the results. She's like, you've got, you've got me there. And then leaves. And Wendell's confused because they're having like a side conversation. He's like, wait, so are we doing an experiment or no? And Hodgins is like, no, <laughs> that's just like the end of the scene. He's like, we're not doing it. Then we have Bones and Max at the diner. And he doesn't want, he doesn't see like the, what the fuss is about again, about him working there. And she has to explain again. He's, she's like, you're a felon and your presence could taint evidence. And he tries to tell her that he's not going to go near any evidence, but he's just basically like a babysitter slash tour guide slash, you know, teacher, like substitute after school teacher for these kids. 
And then Sweet shows up and I love Max's line when he's like, oh, here's that guy who called me a sociopath. Would you like to sit? <laughs> yeah, look, look at him identifying the real reason why he shouldn't be picked for this for this job. <laughs> he's a con man. <laughs> Maybe shouldn't Sweet's be teaching yeah honestly yeah and then sweet's line that he's like i said likable sociopath and just sits down (laughs) (laughs) and then max talks about the experiment that they could do to figure out about the fire and bones is like this is part of the crime like please stop discussing it and max says i know the perfect thing we could do to figure it out and sweets asks like what like what is this issue going on here i feel tension bones again reiterates that she doesn't want max working at the jeffersonian because he's a liability and sweet says okay like okay that's a valid reason if that were true <laughs> and then she and sweets have like a no huh yes huh like argument for like 30 seconds about that being the reason or not um he says that they can't get past whatever this argument is until they address the real reason and then max asked him what he thinks it is and this is where sweet says oh well you abandoned her when she was 15 and at the time you were a well-regarded science teacher and now you now here you are in the same situation and she doesn't want to face that same feeling of abandonment she had when she was 15 and max and bones are like "Mm, that's crap and i also agree that that's crap it's such a weird take to me Yeah, that's not it. I mean, yeah, she might be a little afraid that he's going to abandon her again, but it's not his position. It's not an abandonment thing. Like, it's a trust thing. And the fact that he's just continuing to encroach in a way that isn't conducive for, like, her to build that trust back. He's not genuine. Yeah. He's trying to trick them into spending more time together. It just seemed like he thought she had like a form of PTSD triggered because he was teaching science again. That's like, right. yeah, like, yes. feel yes. right. No. Terrible. She wasn't in his class that she like had like triggered memories <laughs> of him teaching science. Yeah. I was like, I don't think it has anything to do with like his position as being like a regarded science teacher, like no, making her feel abandoned. No. They just... I mean, Sweets is not used well in this episode. He like pops in to like do this bad analysis of Max and Brennan. And then he's just gone. They had nothing else for him to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like no one listens to what I say anyway. So yeah. <laughs> and then oh, I'll, just so be, I'll just be done this episode. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants to do competitive karaoke with me anyway. So yeah, <laughs> I have been practicing the lime and the coconut for months. <laughs> <laughs> So they're like, nah, she's too rational for that. And then that's kind of the end of that conversation. Then we come back to Cam going into Angela's office with some information about a prescription from pain meds that Calvin had. But the weird part is the doctor who prescribed it is a dermatologist. So not necessarily a doctor that's really writes a bunch of scripts for pain medication. And that they called and talked to her and said she had never heard of Calvin Warren before. So they're like, okay, that's interesting. He probably stole her, you know, script pad at some point. And then Angela pulls up his MySpace page, which A, did not look like MySpace. B, shocked it was the real name and not Face Space like every other show that like creates something like that. You know, we love a dupe. Yeah. I think we looked this up last time MySpace was mentioned by name and it was 
during the era that MySpace was under the Fox umbrella. Yeah, I was going to say, was this after Fox bought it? I think so. Oh, potentially. So maybe that's why they get away with saying it. But then it, it looks nothing like company like, synergies happening. Nice. Vertical integration. Synergy. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Synergy. But I went to that URL and that person, well, MySpace doesn't look the same. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> There's no way to like see if that profile really existed. There is somebody with that name that has a profile on MySpace. It looks nothing similar. They have different follower counts. And the Wayback Machine also wasn't helpful because the Wayback <laughs> Machine didn't archive um, or cache MySpace like, profile profiles? pages. Yeah. Mm, you really tried on this one. I did. That's wow. investigative journalism. I'm I love Got it. it. <laughs> Commitment. So you didn't see a photo that Angela could magic evidence so hard into getting his address? <laughs> Unfortunately not. But honestly, on the scale of like magical evidence from Angela, this was like one this of the most normal. plausible. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the way that she enhanced the image. She didn't just like zoom into a super pixelated picture and it just became high def. Yeah, she, she was like, no, I, it, it's super unpixelated. Let me, like, reverse the polarization or whatever. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, increase the exposure or whatever and try to make out what may show up. But it's it seemed plausible. But then yeah. there's only two neighborhoods that have that kind of lamppost. And she magically knows That's the That's where I left. Zip code. <laughs> yeah. Of That's... Zip codes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and there's, obvious, there's obviously a search engine that lets you type in a four-digit number plus two, two <laughs> zip codes, and then it'll return addresses for you. That that search engine mm -hmm. definitely exists. And there's only one. Yeah. <laughs> just one. Just the one. Mm -hmm. I, I will say the mad skills, babe. High five is everything to me. So I, I love that. <laughs> love it. Yeah, you, you're, pretty good, good... you're a pretty good detective. Uh, I, is that an insult? <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's like, I, I feel like you're insulting me. <laughs> It's a great reaction gift to send people. Mad skills, babe. So, of course, they find the one house and Bones and Booth go there to look through I, it. I will say the the tracking shot that they did here, the little little split second of B-roll, actually did look like a place in D.C. It really they will did. Not, they will it not did. do the same thing when they go to DuPont Circle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, DuPont Circle. <laughs> Which is a real place, so I guess I give them credit for picking a thing that's real. Um, but Calvin's house is like pretty sparse. There's nothing really personal on the walls, no photos, nothing like that. Uh, Booth asks if Bones persuaded Cam to fire Max yet, and she and he talks about how Cam was just doing her a favor. And I gotta say, again, I'm with Bones. She's like, I didn't ask for this favor. Can everyone please stop treating me like I asked Cam to have my dad work here? Like, why is that? Everyone's like getting on her case. It's like, I didn't ask for her to do that. Just let him manipulate you. Come on. You know, you want, you know, you want to spend time with him. It's your dad. <laughs> but that kind of line of conversation stops when Booth finds a passport and foreign currency and Bones finds some mysterious key card. So the plot thickens. <laughs> what is this alien piece of technology? <laughs> Better go to Thailand. <laughs> yeah, passport equals <laughs> Thailand. <laughs> Canonically. So of course the key card is given to Angela. 
to figure out that it is a key card um, and where it was used while she like sticks it into some <laughs> port to figure out what it is. So they, so this conversation drives me nuts because like they're literally walking through the Jeffersonian, a place that theoretically has a key card entry and requires them to swipe into all the different like layers of security um, yep. that they have to get to the evidence platform. And then they're sitting there being like, it's a, what's well, this crazy newfangled technology called a uh, passive RFID uh, data card. Right. Um, it yeah. lets you get, it lets you get this get in and out of a building and it, <laughs> it opens marks the, the time and it marks the timestamp of when that swipe happens not only that but you can like hack it and see the source code <laughs> yeah by plugging it into this one thing that i have this Just one have already hooked up to my computer mm-hmm. of course she does there's a lot of magical angela time in this episode which i do appreciate uh, but while she's waiting to do her thing, she and Cam talk about trying to get Hodgins to do experiments again. And I feel like I do like this part of the storyline because everyone just like wants him to be happy, like or like happier. So they're kind of conspiring to get him back into like not being upset. <laughs> um, but yeah, they figure out the card was um, belongs to someone or belongs to something somewhere in Dupont Circle, and then. So, of course, Booth goes. He has the card trying to be sneaky, getting into a building that it goes to. There are, like, a bunch of SUVs and guys in aviators to make us think it's some sort of secret government building. But then when he gets to the door, he, he like, presses a button. is like, it's Agent Booth. And they let him in. And surprise, surprise, it's actually, like, a school. <laughs> like, a really fancy private school. Things that they got correct about the location of DuPont Circle was that, like, you know, if there was a school that was in DuPont Circle, that was like a high, highfalutin, whatever, private yeah. school for rich kids. Um, one, du- DuPont Circle, definitely a p- neighborhood it could possibly be in. It's mm-hmm. very, it's also very close to the, to like Embassy Row. Like it's, it, DuPont Circle is very close to Embassy Row where all the embassies are. So it makes sense that, yeah, like diplomats, kids go to this school. Um, it's not super uh, wooded in like a high tech <laughs> campus though that looks yeah. like it's like a tech company like that's not what it is though it looks like um more like georgetown day school which is where all those people actually go yeah they go I to georgetown day school yeah georgetown and not in dupont it's not in dupont circle yeah there's also like sidwell friends which is an upper mm. northwest and that's like where the obama kids went mm-hmm. um and that is like pretty heavily wooded and also is not that far from them zero so, yeah there are other there are like, other places yeah. Very much based on a real school in DC. I don't know if that was yeah. their intention, but it feels real to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, the concept of that. Yeah. Yeah, there definitely is like a rich kid, diplomat son. Yeah. You know. School. school. <laughs> um, Booth is talking to the principal, or I guess like headmaster, um, and asking, and the headmaster asks about like, oh, do you have kids? Like, and talks, and he talks about Parker. That sets off the whole other kind of like C plot of this episode on Booth thinking he's like wondering if he's a good or bad dad for not having Parker in like a private school and having him in public school. But then Booth redirects our conversation to say that he's not there to apply to the school. He's there because one of their parking lot key cards was found in a murder victim's house. But the principal says, like, I don't recognize the name Carl uh, Cal Warren as either a parent or staff. And I would totally I know everyone. Um, so like, OK, let's go look it up. And let me tell you this in the season four blooper reel, 
So this conversation, when they sit down, this guy says, oh, he works for the president. And then Booth says, of the United States? And the principal says, parents association. David Boreanis and this guy who plays the principal cannot get those two lines out. They laugh and laugh and laugh every time. It's not that funny. Oh my when God, he it's says, When he says, no, parents association, they just die <laughs> laughing. You had to be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It feels like one of those times where like, it might've been the end of the day and they just had like- Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And then like, no, Parents Association just made them laugh so hard. But yeah, they every time I watch this episode now, when they say Parents Association, I start laughing because I remember the blooper reel when they cannot get, I mean, in the blooper reel, they try it like five times and they're both laughing each time. I mean, he gets it real serious in the final take. So good for that guy. <laughs> they, they got there. Yeah. He got it. Um, yeah, so I guess the person who knows everybody did not know everybody because one quick search of the name was like, oh yeah, he is here. Yeah, I guess maybe you wouldn't know everyone's um, he- like help. Yeah, he, he but also, if they he had a clearance, kn- right? And well, and he also knew him well enough to search the name Calvin, not <laughs> not Cal. Yeah, but yeah. So we learned that Calvin was actually a nanny for this rich ass family or the pres- principal or not the principal, the president of the parents association. My nanny guard. Yes. Nanny guard. I did catch a few times when people said Manny, like man, nanny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Hate, hate that. Hate yeah. It. <laughs> Why do we have to gender that word? Oh. So then we go to a bones and booth car scene this is where we get more in the weeds about like public school versus private school and the advantages or disadvantages that wealthy people are afforded from jump. And then both of them talk about how they both went to private school and turned out fine. But then Booth realizes that Bones had her dad enriching her academics at home in science. And that puts another like thought spiral into his brain. He's like, I'm not qualified to like enrich Parker's academics at home. So now he's just like so worried that he's not doing enough to help Parker like succeed in life. He knows that he doesn't need to like be a literal rocket science to do enrichment with Parker, right? Like he can like help him with basic spelling, addition, subtraction. Like that's, you don't need to be. Cause at this point, Parker's what, six? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like what am I qualified to do? Uh, basic math, uh, <laughs> spelling, light history uh <laughs> yeah we learned last know. week history not our forte <laughs> no 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 I do math different now i don't even know if i could do that's math. that is oh, true that common, common, core, common math. core yeah no have you clue. seen how they subtract numbers now Insane. yeah they do yes. like groupings and I, ugh. it's weird yeah i'll it's... carry the one <laughs> yeah <laughs> we do like long division in a weird way too yeah. I loved the way that we did long division. I would like to do it for fun. How you're, do you you're just a psychopath. I know. <laughs> I don't I know don't how, understand I... how you just change math. Like, yeah. what did we learn from Mean Girls? Math is the same in every language. Like, I don't understand right. how we. Of course, the United States would be like, nope, we're going to write our own. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but well, they changed well, the math when my dad was a kid, too. 
like none of the teachers knew how to teach it because they had just changed the way they taught math then also. Yeah. Like I I think a lot of the, I think the goal of the common core stuff is to think to, to like enable more of the stuff where it's like, Oh, what's like four times 15. All right. Well, in order to do that, I'm going to do four times 10, which is 40 and then four times five, which is 15. So, uh, you know, 40 plus 15, 55, and like to be, be able to enable you to do quicker math like that, as opposed to being like, well, four times one, four times five is 20 with a zero and then the two and then, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I cannot do math in my head. Like, so if the new math helps with that, then great. My phone. Oh, here, here, here's, here's right. the key with that. Just sound confident. But no, if you want to sound like you're doing math in your head, right? Just sound really confident. Just be like, oh, you know, so that, you know, so 40, 50, whatever, whatever, whatever. And just say another number. And if it's like big math that no one else, like, and you're in enough of the ballpark, people will let you let it slide. Um, but yeah, so they're, he's worried about like enriching Parker at home. They're on their way to the King, King house. And we meet the wife whose name is Elsbeth. Does not Elizabeth. That's peak sign of richness is -hmm. when you're, you use some variant of Elizabeth. That's not the normal, like Liz or Beth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Elsbeth. Yeah. Well, I've seen Elizabeth before. Or Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the queen's nickname? Is like Lilibet or something? Oh, yeah. Lil- Ugh. I only know that because of the crown. Yeah, that's definitely where I learned it. Yeah, yeah, but like that's if that's even pe- what it is. Peak rich vibes is yeah using a a shortened nickname of a regular name, but that's not one of the ones that normal people use, like Catherine, but being called like. I don't know. I can't even, <laughs> can't even come up with one. Be confident. Um, yep. Elizabeth. So Calvin Warren was her nanny. She says he just dropped off the face of the earth and she's like, I don't know what happened. Lie. Um, Mrs. <laughs> King says her husband does defense contracting and there were like kidnap threats. So Cal was hired as like a nanny. Yes. To like take care of her kids and whatever, but really more of like a bodyguard. And that's why it was like, this guy who wasn't special forces and whatnot. Um, she goes, Oh, well, is that what got him killed? Like, is there anyone after my kids? Which I think was huge red flag. Number one, because the passion lack of passion in which she asks or has any concern about her children <laughs> is like almost zero. Is someone after my kids? Oh no. <laughs> Could that be the reason he's dead? <laughs> which, which, at least, I mean, you know, bad selling of the lie aside, fantastic question to be asking. Like, does actually, very, like, oh, he died? Holy shit, we got him as a bodyguard. Like, uh, should we be worried? Yeah, like, it. it's a good, like, motive to like throw off the scent but she did it so bad that I was like terrible (laughs) you do not care about your children not that she doesn't care but she knows that's not the answer so big red flag and then they're like okay let's go talk to the kids whose names are Alexa and Royce um and they're playing giant chess outside and speaking Mandarin (laughs) (laughs) 
things. I Tell me that. your kids are I, rich without telling me your kids are rich. I yeah. would have accepted Booth putting a gun in someone's mouth. In this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how the tables have turned. Royce calls Booth for the an country. inbred sack of <laughs> for, for the country. forgotten country. <laughs> Um, Royce calls Booth an inbred stack of meat and Mandarin, which does make Bones giggle, but then he takes like two aggressive steps toward that kid and then uh, asks again, he's like, do you have something you want to tell me to my face? And the kid looks like freaked out and then apologizes in Mandarin. So then Booth still doesn't understand and Bones still has to translate that he apologized. Yeah, wrong move, kid. Rich people are so tone deaf. So Booth finally talks to them and is like, all right, tell me about last Sunday. And they go through all the activities that Cal would have um, driven them to. And Royce shows him a lacrosse injury that he got in his head. <laughs> of course, this kid plays lacrosse. Yeah. He <laughs> Girls plays lacrosse lacrosse. players, smash. Boys lacrosse players, pass. <laughs> <laughs> the only, I think the only like, whitier white sports would be tennis or squash oh i no not tennis mm. but squash absolutely squash i don't think so like I, squash I don't is think such children. a huge sport in like south asian families oh is it like south asian men like they all play squash really it's british influence you know yeah no, i i didn't know tennis yeah. and like water polo come to mind tennis oh, polo. i would believe so I would have said te- tennis is like, like I, I know a lot of East Asian people play tennis. Like that's a huge sport. I think it's like it if you make money, you play club. tennis. Yeah. Or golf. Country club thing. Yeah. But lacrosse was a good choice because that very much is like a rich yeah. person. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and like Very- the whole movie of like King Richard was very much based on the fact that there's a lot of race inequality in tennis as a sport Mm. so he does show them the scar in his head he talks about how cal did not take him to the er but he knew that one of the moms was a doctor and that she would probably do a better job and so bone says like oh was it it looks like the work of a um, plastic surgeon he goes no actually a dermatologist and they're like aha the dr ezrelo which is a great last name good job writers on that one um who earlier they said had never heard of Cal before and that um when they like checked into his pain medication so clearly there's some sort of lying going on back in the car Boo says he will bring her in for questioning and then asks Bones if she thinks that those kids are better off than Parker and of course she gives like a very unfiltered and honest answer of like yes of course they are (laughs) he's such a jerk this episode (laughs) but i will say every time she does say that like oh no they will be better off like she's like they have money their parents are like important they go to the best schools they have nannies that's how the upper one percent stays at one percent every time she makes those qualifications she also kind of like backs it up by saying like parker is fine like he is a well-adjusted good kid and even though her reasoning a lot of the times is like wrong where she was like most kids it like doesn't matter like their parents at some point is irrelevant like she well, her but, argument's bad but she's still trying to like make Booth feel better that like parker's not gonna 
turn out horrible or something. Well, that's because while Booth is doing his whole, like, I'm worried that I'm being a bad, I'm not providing enough for my son. She secretly has her own other like thing where she's trying to process. I didn't need my dad, you know, totally. I'm, I'm smart for, for my reason. So I'm going to pull all these anthropological stats that talk about how, you know, after a certain age, kids just don't even need their parents. It's fine. I got abandoned when I was 15. It's fine. You know, like she's processing that and that is feeding into it the whole episode totally and it's like yeah she heard her parents left and she turned out to be like a genius so how much it's like I don't know if it's necessarily like nature versus nurture but it's like who you surround yourself with versus like family influence and parenting Mm -hmm. um so yeah there's there's a lot of layers (laughs) going on when we're talking about fatherhood I guess I think is like the b plot of this episode booths and max's um different ways that they were dads it also is worth calling out the kids do have a shit ton of privilege and that does need to be called out like or are they are they better off like yeah as rich spoiled kids yes they are (laughs) yeah and and she's right about the whole like that's how the one percent stays the one percent is yeah it's because they have a shit ton of money and they get to keep having the money because they already have the money Mm -hmm. yep and they want to keep and they want to keep the money yep so we meet we go to the the jefferson we go to the fbi dr ezra Lowe is there and hello to miss gina torres who is in so many things (laughs) oh yeah she came on the screen i was like oh her yeah (laughs) there she is even i've seen her before Although I'm embarrassed to say the main thing that I know her from, which is, I mean, I'm sure people are fans of it, but like uh, Suits, not a fan. Yeah, yeah, she was in Suits. I know her from Firefly. Yes, Fire. Well, I know her from that as well. But yes. Yeah, I like I knew her. I guess first from Firefly and not yes. Suits, but she was also on Angel with Mr. David Boreanaz. I saw Hello. that when I looked at her IMDb pro- profile good stuff um she comes in like all apologetic and says like oh when you asked me about calvin warren i hadn't put it together of who you were talking about because i only knew him as like just cal um and she's like so i'm i'm sorry i didn't realize who you're talking about but this woman lies like every five minutes (laughs) she got caught she got caught lying and then um i'm sorry i didn't know what you meant by that oh uh Oh, all right fine <laughs> fine you got me again <laughs> she literally i think later. in like two two minutes from this goes actually that was a lie like she just says it out loud she's like actually i was lying <laughs> <laughs> but like do we think that he actually stole her prescription pad or do we think she was just writing him bad prescriptions for painkillers that she was writing them because yeah, they were having yeah. i Definitely. think so yeah yeah um she says that cal brought royce king to her and that he must that must be how he got the pain meds because he would have stolen her prescription pad and then booth is like "Mm, okay and like if i have more questions for you later i'll come like find you and she apologizes again for like wasting his time because she didn't put like the face with the name when he first asked or whatever so obviously we see her like two more times because she's very bad at lying Then we go back to the Jeffersonian. Cam and Hodgins are having a little walk around about how Cam still requires to be the big curvy part of the loop and sends out emails with updates about like anything of the case. 
But in this instance, it was super helpful because Hodgins read the email. Actually, I love that Cam said she like reads the red receipts. <laughs> of she who sends has read her email? Receipts. That's so God. funny. That's <laughs> so like the worst boss thing you could do. I feel like is be like you didn't read my email. <laughs> but Hodgins was like your anal retentiveness was helpful because I saw that Booth interviewed the flying dermatologist. And when he was looking into the accelerant that was used to burn the body, he found a chemical that's consistent with aviation gas. So he was like, we can connect how this body was burned potentially to this woman. Cause she's a pilot. So it actually ended up being helpful. Pilot determined dermatologist, make up your mind. <laughs> Multifaceted. She terrible is. liar she can do anything <laughs> except for lying except for lying well she does lying she's just not good at it or <laughs> keeping or maybe, keeping the lie going maybe she's not a good pilot either who knows yeah that's true i mean i guess she's she's a good, very, alive. Good, very good dermatologist though well that was implied so. yeah i guess if she makes that much money then sure well did she make her um, money off of stock tips is that true that's true. She did make at least a couple million, I think they said, off the stock tip. I guess you would have um, to. I'm trying to think if that's what happens now. I think that's what happens now. Um, is that she, because we go back and she's there. And this time she's fully in the interrogation room. She's not just like in Booth's office. She admits to lying again. And she's like, I totally wrote Cal the script for pain medication. <laughs> and then Booth puts all of her flight plans in front of her from the past year and points out that most of them were just the two of them. Like the kids were not involved because the first time she talked about it, she was like, oh yeah, he came on like one thing with the kids. And like, she pretended like she didn't really know Cal that much. And then there was like a manifest where it was just the two of them in to go to New York for like a whole weekend. And then she comes clean a bit here saying like they were having an affair. No, her husband didn't know. No, she didn't kill Cal to keep their affair quiet because she's like, my husband doesn't care who I sleep with, but she said boff which I forgot was like a weird euphemism for having sex. <laughs> it's such a weird choice that that's what they have her say. What show, what show used Mary Boff kill? Oh, instead of, instead of, yeah, yeah. I don't remember, but I recall that happening. Maybe. I honestly don't know. But yeah, Boff. <laughs> I was like, ugh, hate it. Um, but when then she says, <laughs> she says that they should take a better look at Richard King because that would be like an enemy that would want Cal dead. She says that Cal told her to sell stock because he had insider knowledge that King's company was in trouble. And so she sold and made a bunch of money like before everyone else would have. So they're like, aha, a new motive, um, that we can look into. So we do go back to having experiment time. Um, Bones is mad because Max is in there and involved, and he told her he would not do that. <laughs> Bad. And then Mr. Liar Con Man is like, well, all I said was that I wouldn't touch anything. Not that I wouldn't be near it or influencing all the decision-making and actually putting my feet like right in, right in the mix of everything. I just didn't touch anything. So. Yeah, didn't put his hands on anything. Hodgins looks at her and says like your old man here reminded me why I got into science and she goes to catch murderers because he is one <laughs> which makes me Swish. laugh 
he's like no to figure out stuff in amusing ways i was like no hers was like the mic drop because he's a murderer (laughs) so i guess max told them how to make a basic wind tunnel which feels like something wendell and uh um hodgins would have been able to figure out themselves but i digress um she says she recognizes it as one uh like the one he would have helped her create for the science fair when she was younger Max tells her that he just had the idea. He didn't touch any of the evidence and they figured out the wind speed and the date in which there was like a nor'easter that would have been big enough to blow the bones into the tree. So now they have like a 48 hour window of when the murder occurred. Um, They don't know anything about like how he died or the fire part yet. And Max stands there and is like, he like just like doubles down in the wrong space again right now because he's like oh i can figure that out and bones just immediately he goes you're fired <laughs> loved it loved it that was amazing you're fired <laughs> just straight up fired and he tells them but then he goes on to tell them like how they could check with like oceanic something something you know well, yeah thing. well he says the acronym the, he says the acronym for noah which is like, yeah. just say Noah. We all know what right. Noah is. And he's like, they'll know the surface conditions and we can backtrack the wind pattern to find where the heavier bones might still be that wouldn't have been able to be moved by the wind. And like the boys keep trying to tell her like, he's super, he's being super helpful. And he, you know, he didn't touch anything. She's like, you took part in a forensic experiment related to the case and you said you wouldn't. So you're fired. And then she's just so mad and leaves. And I was like, good, fire his ass. I love Max, but no, they try to like defend him again. And Max is like, just let it go. Like, it's okay. Um, I'm fired. <laughs> that's, that's how the scene ends. Like I'm, I'm fired. Also, can she let, let him go? I like no, how twice I, I think... he says that like she fired him. And if you don't think she has like the rank, like you're wrong, he's fired. And he knows it. He's like, yeah, no, I'm fired. It doesn't matter. She was, she was like, it doesn't matter if she's not able to. Uh, she fired me hard enough that I felt it in my bones. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, actually, speaking of bones, did any of you on the wind tunnel experiment when they were being like, it was like the, the skull was like wobbling barely at like 42 miles an hour. And you're just like, that thing would be fucking through the other side of the room by now, right? <laughs> yeah. And the fact yeah. that they like, replicated it to the point that it was like this in the same exact position that they found it in the tree like this is unbelievable also the wind was at 69 <laughs> not in the good way of unbelievable like this is unbelievable yeah <laughs> i don't like, believe I it don't believe it <laughs> <laughs> that seemed like way too strong of wind speeds to me yeah mm-hmm i'm That's, not a scientist yeah. but well, my like, bigger... what is it a hurricane coming through <laughs> yeah. dc what about the lifting of the bones? I get that the wind might like scoot them on the floor. <laughs> it's called the, it's called it's called the ground outside. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the outside um, floor. Yeah, the, like I get that it would scoot them, but like, would it also scoop scoop the skull whoop, up into the air, land yeah. up in a tree, but also not hit any other trees in the way? Just hit this one. I know that's why it's confusing because the math isn't mathing where it's light enough to be scooped up into a tree, 
but the wind had to be so strong at like 69 miles an hour for it to happen. So it feels like it would have had to be a lower wind speed because it was light, but then it flew. (laughs) Right. But all the other bones just stayed where they were. Yeah. Cause they were too heavy. No. (laughs) Again, meteorologists let us know. unclear i feel like wind is tricky because if there is like hurricanes (laughs) what a tricky bitch wind (laughs) they change the way they measure that actually you know like the common core now like wind is calculated (laughs) differently now (laughs) whether it's tricky or not i feel like yeah when when like hurricanes and stuff happen this is going to sound so ignorant but i feel like when it's not that much wind like it still does like a lot of damage you know what i mean so I don't know. I don't what, know. Like you mean like um, the difference between wind that's like yeah, it's a really strong wind to building damaging wind is not yeah. as big of a gap as we think it is. Like is that what you mean? Right. Yeah, and then or like a gust. You know what I mean? Like how can gust mm-hmm. really quickly and whatever. So yeah, I feel like not miles per hour wise, what would be damaging or like enough to move something it probably isn't as fast or as crazy as you would think. Cause in your head, you're like, Oh, it has to be like a hundred miles an hour, but I'm sure it's like actually like 40 mile an hour wind can really. Um, okay. So we go off to lacrosse practice. <laughs> Booth sees Alexa and is like, why aren't you studying Chinese? They're solving the world's problems. And she's like, I'm here to cheer for my brother. And Booth tells her that she should go watch football because it's a more American. And Bones lets him know that, again, lacrosse was, was invented by Native Americans. So it's more American than football. So shut up. <laughs> I appreciated that. Oh, yeah. Everything's more American than American football. Seriously. Um, but then they find Dr. Ezra Lowe. Uh, they're watching her son play because it was already established that her son and the King Boy Royce are on the same team. They're there to ask her more about this insider trading thing that she told them about, like how exactly Mr. King would have known that Cal was spilling secrets to people. Like, did she tell him? And then if she's so certain that he should be a suspect, like, how would he have known that? And she's like, I don't know, but you should ask him. So they ask her for her alibi. And she says she was in San Antonio doing skin grafts, but she's been lying like a rug this whole time. So they're like, we don't believe you. <laughs> like, we don't know that that's true, especially since, again, she has her own plane and a pilot's license. So she could fly herself wherever. So they're going to have to like check into that. But then they push a little too hard um, after saying, you know, talking to her about that. She's like, I didn't kill, kill Cal. And then gives uh, them a business card for her lawyer so that they stop asking her questions. She's like, you can talk to my lawyer now because I'm going to watch my kid. Um, instead of talking to you too. I think the most unbelievable part is that she didn't have a lawyer the whole time. Like Mr. King's energy is much more like rich guy energy of like, I'm not going to talk to you, but like, good luck. Um, she should have just had a lawyer from the start. She, um, this, this scene also, I was just like, I really hate that his name's Cal. Cause they were just like, I didn't kill Cal. And it was like too many hard K's and at once. I was like, stop. And else. <laughs> yeah. They went Cal, not Calvin. So it is very repetitive. So then we get back into wind math time. Um, they figure out the bone trajectory. And Cam's like, 
great experiment, everyone. And Hodgins is like, don't thank me, thank Max Brennan, which I wanted to say incorrect because his name is either Max Keenan or Matthew Brennan, not Max Brennan. That's not right. (laughs) So I don't know if that's like a editing mistake. Like TJ said it and no one noticed it that he said Max Brennan, or if it was just like something that they actually wrote in, but incorrect name. I think that was probably just a mistake. I think so. And they messed Mm -hmm. up. Thank thank Max K the science way. (laughs) Ew, I still hate it. So then we come upon one of one of two iconic scenes that this episode is known for. Because I would say, not that I don't love every episode of Bones, but in the pantheon of season four, this one's kind of like not one of the most memorable. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it's the most negative thing you've ever tell seen. Me how, tell me how you really feel. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, but this scene and one later are the two that I feel like people know this episode for. So this one is Booth is up in the loft break room, orange juice space. And Max comes waltzing in and Booth asks like, Oh, how's it going, Max? And Max is like, well, today's the last day with the kids. Cause I've been fired by Tempe and let's not pretend she doesn't have the authority to do so. And then Booth doesn't really care. He was just making polite conversation. It was like, sorry to hear that (laughs) walks away and then max stops him and says can i ask you a question and booth is like sure he goes um are you sleeping with my daughter and booth says no and he's kind of like he's sort of like laughing because it's uncomfortable and then max goes why are you gay (laughs) she not attractive enough for you and then Booth laughs and says no. And then Max doubles down and says, why is she not attractive enough? <laughs> <laughs> this is where but- Max loses me. He should be butting out, <laughs> respecting boundaries. Yeah, it's so awkward to have your dad ask that question to somebody. But I will say, bestow my cold dead heart because Booth, when he says, what is she not attractive enough? He gets very serious and says, Bones is beautiful. Eh, I love that part. <laughs> he does get very serious. Um, and he does say here, all right, you know what? I'll talk to her. However, I, so I know being like following the course of the show of like what he means when he says, I'll talk to her is I'll talk to her about her firing you. you right. Know. The way that they frame up that conversation, it's, I'll talk to her about having sex with me. <laughs> I didn't like get that. Did, that's hilarious. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't make any sort of break between it. They're just like it was like, oh, I got fired. Oh yeah, that sucks. Anyway, how are you doing? Feel please feel f- no need to explain further. Um, oh well, you know what? Uh, are you sleeping with my daughter? No. Is she not beautiful? No. Are you gay? No. Um, well, you should really have sex with her. Oh. Um, <laughs> All I'll right, go talk well, to her about I'll it. I'll go talk to her about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess you're right. Like, the, especially if you're um, watching it maybe for the first time. Like, I understand that he's saying like, "I'll like you were saying like I'll get I'll talk to her about like your job." Yeah, um, he was referencing the first part of the conversation, but it, it, it 
doesn't make that clear. It doesn't, it doesn't connect well. <laughs> because then immediately after that, Max says like, oh, you're a good man. And I want that for her, which like yeah. crying in the club. But then it I, also, that like reinforces I want her to have sex with about. you. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love this scene. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to go blow up some soda for kids. And then Booth has like a contemplative look as uh, Max walks away with his two liter. I don't get why Booth is doing him any favors. <laughs> well, he, fl- he flips. He flips. He, 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 he didn't like him last episode. So now he's got to like him. Now he feels sympathetic. Of course. Yeah, I, feel like I know I one know. of the reasons why he flip flops, but I feel like it's a spoiler, so I'm not going to say. Is it because yeah. he wants? Because is it because he wants his approval to <laughs> bone down? <laughs> Cannot confirm he, or deny. I feel like he is nice to Max because he's Bone's dad. He wants, yeah, he wants. He wants Bone's daddy's yeah. blessings. Yeah. yeah. Max. What a great character. So then Bones and Booth are in the area where the Bones are supposed to have originated from because they did all the, you know, wind math. And they're looking around with the FBI techs. Um, <laughs> Andrew's laughing at me saying wind math. <laughs> well, just because we did pilot math last week. So. <laughs> wind math, pilot math, all the good maths. Um, this is where Booth takes the opportunity to make good on the word he gave to Max about talking to her about dad things and how hard it is to be a dad. And she, again, isn't really getting it and was like, Parker will be fine because peer groups and other factors are more important than family. And he's like, no, that's, <laughs> that's not what we're doing here. <laughs> but She's they are interrupted. She is just kind of upset with her dad. She doesn't want him in the Jeffersonian, which I totally understand. Um, but the FBI were like, oh, we found the burn site. And there's a bunch of visible buckshot in the chest bones. And she's like, that indicates that the murder weapon was a 12-gauge shotgun. And then Booth is confused. He's like, didn't you say he was strangled? And she was like, yeah, he was strangled, shot, and then burned, and then blown by wind into a tree, which is a lot to happen to one person. And then Booth looks up and sees like a family crest through the trees and realizes it's the king's crest. Because if you remember when we went to the house earlier, we like panned down when they first got there. So we kind of like saw the crest, like hovered over it for a hot second earlier in the episode. And they're like, oh, it must be their country home. And we see like an amazing green screen, like mansion in the background. Oh, it was so bad. So close. <laughs> Wonder who lives there. Why would they leave the body so close to their own property and not bury it or anything? It was real heavy. Contract it with a collar. <laughs> so heavy. Bad choices were made. Yeah. The doctored Ugh. image of like the mansion in the background was just terribly edited. <laughs> that was bad. Even the like crests on the thing were like so weird looking. I was like, this is so funny. The colors yeah. were like way too vibrant for how far away it was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. the, the field of depth that they were trying to put was like inconsistently placed. Like you could see the, the gate clearly, but the driveway right next to it was blurry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's better than some season one green screening, but True. not by much. 
this episode did have a season one vibe to it all the whole way through mainly because it reminded me of nestor yeah mr you know the three bird shirt what a great episode episode. three (laughs) no the three bird shirt historic (laughs) wasn't the three bird shirt man and the bear no, you oh. think this every time. It was Nestor Olivas' mother when she comes oh. into Bones' office for her to tell her that it was him. Right, She's wearing right, the right. three-bird shirt. There's a different How dare shirt. you think that I don't know which episode <laughs> the three-bird shirt is from? That wasn't accusatory in that way. <laughs> you need to start a band called Three-Bird Shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, done and done. I I'll eventually like, need uh, to move on at some point from <laughs> <laughs> some point. I love it. Yeah, I feel like we've had a lot of um throughout our episodes like random like, hey, that's a good band name or um album name. So we can just go back and listen through all of our own episodes for ideas. Normally I hear you say like, oh, good, good, good band name. And in my head, I'm like, no. But three bird shirt, oh yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yes. TM, no one steal it, please. It's ours. <laughs> Uh, so we go to the King house where we finally talk to Mr. King about Calvin and what he knows slash to see if he's the murderer. He admits to having multiple 12 gauge shotguns. He's like, feel free to test them. I don't care. And also that he has no idea that Cal gave away insider information about his company. He talks about how his wife deals with the quote staff. Um, and if he had known about the insider trading stuff, he would have tried emphasis on tried to get Cal fired, but he doubts that Elsbeth would have let him. <laughs> why didn't then, he let him? Why didn't why, he let, well, he says he didn't know. And then I guess that's why, why she says like, oh, were they having an affair? <laughs> well, which is it? Are we having an affair? Are we, or did I want to kill him over trade secrets? I know that was like weirdly like powerful. You know what I how, mean? Like him how, being how like, how about I give you, you two motives? No <laughs> how about I give you two yeah. motives? There you go. Talk to my lawyer now that you have two motives. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. Also, he says, yeah, because he's like, you guys need focus you should decide if it's because of an affair or business reasons. And he's like, you should focus on the business one because I'm happily married. I was like, "Mm, if your wife is having the affair, you can't just announce that you're happily married. Like maybe she's not happily married. So that doesn't disqualify the affair thing. No. Um, It reminded me of 30 Rock, um, which I watched this episode today too, but where Dennis is like, he's like, you can't kick me out. I love you. And then later he says, you can't kick me out. I've got squatters, right? And Liz is like, what is it? Do you love me or do you have squatters rights? <laughs> I don't see why those have to be mutually exclusive. <laughs> have you seen that like horrifying documentary, um, like Worst Roommates, where there's the person who's a squatter? No, Netflix keeps trying to success- suggest that show to me. And I'm like, I don't want to watch it. The squatter one is like, crazy because there's like not a lot of laws to like boot squatters out of apartments and stuff it was wild anyway watch it it's insane um so they talked to him he's like talk to my lawyer whatever and bones and booth are leaving and booth isn't so sure he's the type to do it um he's like "Mm, i'm not sure he's like the one to have killed him 
but then their huge great Dane walks by again. We saw this enormous dog earlier as well. Um, Whose horse is that? And they like, yeah, he's like, oh, he put a saddle on that thing. I was like, sweet dad joke there, Booth. Um, but he's like, as they're watching the dog walk by, they see like a cool car in the driveway. He walks over and pops the gas cap. I like how he won't explain what's happening. So Bones is like, what are you doing? She goes, you're going to urinate in the gas tank as an act of vandalism. <laughs> Could you imagine if he just did that in front of her? I was like, Jesus Christ. Totally insane. <laughs> He's like, no, I would never do that to an Italian car. And then he dips his tie into it. And I was like, okay, we can use this to test the accelerant to see if it's what was used to burn Cal. And then I like that he's like, okay, give me an evidence bag. She's like, I don't have one. He's like, what do you mean you don't have one? She's like, we're not at a crime scene. Why would I have an evidence bag? He's like, you always have one. And then they're just bickering as he's walking with like a, his nasty tie. Um, that was cute. All dipped in gas. It didn't seem so like we have official evidence to me. No. But like, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it, but it didn't seem super official. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder, I don't necessarily know how warrants work, but <laughs> if the car is outside, because it's not like in the property, you know what I mean? Isn't it on their property? Well, no, no. Well, so in a lot of states, your car, because it's personal property, because you pay personal property tax for it, is an extension mm. of property. However, in some states, however, in some states, but not others. However, because the window of the car was open, he was like able to, I don't know, probably use some like, I don't know, plain view, whatever bullshit. Right. Because mm. I know there's a lot of stuff where um, if the warrant like doesn't cover the garage, say, like say the garage is detached from the house and it doesn't specifically say you can look in it, you can't go in there. So mm -hmm. I wonder if, if the car is in the driveway, again, if it's like plain view, it's not within the household, if you can, yeah. well, so, you know, like, look in it or whatever. The one example I know of is that like Tennessee has a bonkers rule where uh, they said that the car is an extension of your personal property. And therefore mm -hmm. you don't, you can drive around with a gun in your car and not mm -hmm. need to have a, you don't need a uh, concealed carry license or a personal or you know whatever carry license. You can, just, you can just have a gun around in your car and people knowing this and knowing that Tennessee is relatively, you know, has a lot of people that have guns in it. Uh, yeah. Car thefts, like, or break-ins, car break-ins, like crazy. And people stealing guns. And then those guns then get used in actual crimes later on. Um, and it's like, yeah, if you didn't have this bonkers rule, you wouldn't have this problem. But anyway, that's Tennessee for you. I was in an Uber in Nashville, and my Uber driver talked me through how, how he has a gun in the car right carries now. in the car. <laughs> Um, and was like, that's why crime rates have decreased and like why we don't have shootings and stuff. And like, there was a pastor at our church that like has a room full of AK 47s because of like the church shooting that happened like so many years ago as a way to protect himself. I was like, mm, that doesn't sound necessary. Um, normally like, oh, when I, normally when I, hear a, when I hear about crime a church not leader that in has... Tennessee. No, <laughs> no, it's gotten worse, which is what the point of the article or the yeah. NPR, the NPR, uh, whatever news article or news uh, story on the radio that I was hearing article. I don't know what it's called. Story. Anyway, stories, right? 
whenever I hear uh, religious leaders carrying a bunch of guns, uh, I don't think of, uh, yeah, good, preventing uh, preventing uh, tragedies. I think of Waco. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yikes. Well, anyway. five, five stars for that guy, right? Am I right? <laughs> we, can cut the, we can cut this right out, right? <laughs> I'm leaving this part in. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're at the diner. <laughs> Swedes, Bones, and Max are having lunch. Max says he he's decided to leave the Jeffersonian, which is a hilarious spin to put on that situation. A lie. I like how Bones is like, no, I fired you. <laughs> Does he have remorse? No. <laughs> he's not really Ever. a remorseful man. He's a sociopath. Yeah, a likable one, though. Yeah, likable. Um, it's crazy yeah. to me that, like... <laughs> Max Keenan is in the Jeffersonian and Zach Addy is not like one of them <laughs> is like institutionalized for probably life, at least indefinitely. Um, and this guy is like, has evidential like sociopathic qualities and isn't institutionalized either He's for treatment or justice. <laughs> I took the, like, I've decided to leave the Jeffersonian, like as being for Sweets' benefit, kind of like not wanting to say that like Brennan fired him. Fired him. Yeah. Yeah. Or him, like, or him being like, I've realized I'm wrong, but I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just kind of like, fuck you, Sweets. You don't know what you're talking about. Like I decided to leave. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Mm. Yeah. One of his larger motivations slash only one in life is to protect his family. So even in small ways to just like protect her from right. him, like judging right. her for firing her, his, her right. own father. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I got that. Or yeah. for like, cause like he doesn't know sweets as well as he knows bones. So he's probably like, you know, who cares like what he thinks? I mean, um, it's, it's better that he probably thinks that I left rather than thinking that I got fired by my own daughter. So like I yeah. can easily lie, but like he's sitting next to Bones, who's gonna correct everything. Right? She's like, "No, I fired you!" Like immediately. She says, "Oh, it's about the proximity to evidence," and he's like, "No, <laughs> that's a bunch of crap. It's about proximity to me." And he looks up to Sweets at this point, and then goes like, "Right?" And Sweets says that in his opinion, it's not about Max being at the Jeffersonian. It it's is. about the memory of his absence and we're like no it is about his proximity get out 100 percent. yeah it might not be proximity to evidence but it's proximity to her <laughs> and her safe space yeah she loves her work it's a big part of who she is let her have that world to herself you want right. to be a father like to her be a father to her don't yeah. be her coworker because yeah. that's not what she wants Oh yeah, be a dad, not a coworker. That's a great like thesis to this episode. <laughs> I do like that she's like, I understand quantum mechanics, but I don't understand you. <laughs> <laughs> great stuff. He's like, Max is like, listen, I'm just gonna make it easy on everyone and leave. And he's like, but I'm staying with you. And then they get into another like who's on first style confusion conversation where she thinks he means like 
literally at her house and he's like no unless you're offering she's like am are are you offering and she's like no do you want me to offer and he's like well thank you she's like but I didn't offer it's like oh my god you guys need to sit and have a conversation (laughs) work on your relationship outside of work well that's where I thought it was kind of cute like you know they she doesn't not want to have a relationship with them she wants to start to form yeah but she wants to do it naturally and under circumstances that she controls not not through him just showing up at work one day yeah very true she doubles down and says like well if it wasn't for the evidence thing then you could keep your job and sweets is like that's simply not true and bones makes like the angriest face and max tries to calm the situation down by saying like everything's fine like we're good and this is where sweets gets so frustrated he's like nothing i say has any impact on anyone which is true because think of all the things that he has said honestly specifically to angela that she's just been like never mind or like just taking what she wanted And then Bones and Booth cannot finish one session with him. Like they're always leaving. So the poor guy is just being like run out on or not listened to or told his whole profession is useless. But then she gets mad and leaves before even ordering. (laughs) She doesn't even have any food. She's just like, I have to go back to work and then leaves. Then we have a scene with Wendell. I'm not going to go into his entire tapeworm life lesson that he learned line by line, but the the TLDR is if a keg won't flow, your immediate assumption is that there's a kink in the line, but one time it might be be because there's a big nasty tapeworm in it, which is basically don't jump to conclusions. (laughs) That's the whole lesson. Uh, don't judge a book by its cover we already have like an idiom for this we did not need tapeworm time um like sometimes it is zebras yeah (laughs) i had no impression of wendell like at all from the last episode nor did i in this episode up until this moment and i was like all right you're just a bro like i (laughs) i could leave without having any impression of you other than just like this passive bias that I I have that you're just a bro and it was confirmed. <laughs> Mr. Barback. Uh, he was just trying to, he doesn't have a lot of money. Remember he has to pay all those people back. He doesn't have a lot of personality either. <laughs> he is a little milk toast right oh, now. Yeah. Very. Um, but he's applying tapeworm th- <laughs> his like tapeworm thing to the hyoid he's like the hyoid is broken which usually means strangulation but with their this metaphor it could be something else but he's not sure what it is so he needs bones which makes me laugh because i'm like score one for needing bones in the lab so that she can look at it and determine what's wrong i mean past a certain age of development bones being in the lab is just not as neat you know it's more about your peer groups and about your whatever you know (laughs) so uh, we need her in the lab to look at things, but then Hodgins comes in as like, I think it's really good and bad because he looks at Cam and says, I'm so your most valuable player because he's happy, but you know, he wants to say king in the lab, you but it's know too he wants soon. to say it. He can't say it yet. So they tested the gas in the car, um, that was on Booth's tie and it matches the accelerant that was on the body. 
love, and I don't know why the writer put this unnecessary detail of having an anomaly of citric acid so that Hodgins has to explain that he thinks Booth spilled orange juice on his tie, but it's genius and I love it so much. He definitely got that orange juice spill in the orange juice loft yeah. when talking to Max mm-hmm. Kidd about, yes. about, about I love sex, this. sexy time. <laughs> I love that they choose this to introduce like it's not quite magical evidence because he has to figure out what this weird anomaly is. But then like for the image, it's just like, nope, there's only one address. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I... I don't remember what episode it was a few ago when I said like, oh, check the realism that there were two options <laughs> of something right. that one time. <laughs> at this point, we're at the part of the episode where I'm just like, all right, wrap it up, wrap it up. Yeah, like, who's the killer? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Not who so you we're think. Th- yeah. Surprise, surprise. Bone room with Kim bones and wendell he's showing her injuries to the spine and bone says that cal wasn't strangled post-mortem he was dragged so dragging is the tapeworm and the injuries look like something from a series of connected prongs and bones remembers their horse dog and how it was wearing a choke chain so she's like oh it's probably that um cam doesn't see how someone with the strength of mr king like why they would need to drag a body and i was like well dead weight it doesn't really matter how strong you are like you could probably use some help dragging (laughs) but whatever she's not going to be that much weaker than he is like right it right they're both adult people Mm -hmm. he's not strong but bone says like oh it wouldn't have been him because whoever dragged the victim is at most five fives. So they're like, oh, it has to be Mrs. King. So Booth has Elsbeth in the interrogation room. <laughs> he lays out the evidence to her and she deflects at first saying that there are a lot of people that work for them that would have access to any pieces of the um, evidence that he just laid out in front of her. But he's like, well, none of those people really have as good of a motive as you do if you had found out that Cal was selling insider information about your husband's company and then like it was tanking and then your like rich lifestyle was going to end because of this. Um, She looks up at him and says, you don't understand. It wasn't about the money I had to protect my family. So he is like, okay, that's basically like a tacit confession that she's done this. But then he walks into the viewing room to ask Sweets his opinion. And Sweets is like, "Mm, I don't think she did it. And he's like, what do you mean? She like basically just confessed. She has a good motive, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, her confession means that she didn't do it, but she wants you to think that she did. And the only piece of truth that she really said in that moment was that she felt like she needed to protect her family. So obviously Booth is frustrated because he's like, like, I thought we were done here. I thought we had our killer. Um, but then he gets uh, all philosophical again. And he's like, do you think I'm a lousy dad because I didn't send Parker to private school? And Sweet says, no, but you would be a lousy father if you didn't torture yourself about it, which I think was a very sweet moment of this episode. And then they get a call from Bones. She looked at the trajectory of the gunshot pellet wounds again and was like, whoever shot Cal had to be significantly shorter than Mrs. King. So it's like, well, there are two Kings left. Has to be one of those nasty little children. (laughs) I like that we just immediately go to that. It was her 
like we don't go through like a whole kind of long interrogation of the two kids they're just like yeah like was it it was her was it child one or child two it was like no it's it's the evil one it's time Yeah. yeah and the fact that she just like they cut to her and she's just like annoyingly like flipping her hair behind her ears you're like oh she's she's bad she's, she's not remorseful <laughs> she acts bothered like the whole time unbothered so they're like we have your computer and cell phone messages they read through it about like a project on ancient greece she didn't want to do that she was supposed to do and said that cal would just do it for her but Clearly he didn't um, because she paid someone else a hundred dollars to do it. I like that the mom tries to get the dad. She's like, I forget the dad's name, but like, I don't know, John, she's like, John's like, stop this now. And the dad's like, no, I want to hear what's going on. He had like no protective instinct to be like, let me protect my daughter from this. Um, and so bones asked like, what happened? Did he catch you that you you know, paid someone to do this project for you. And she's like, he threatened to expose me to the school, which we had learned about way earlier when Booth first went there has a zero tolerance policy that if you violate any of their rules, you get like expelled immediately and thrown out. She's like, my friends go there. I would have been thrown out of school. And so she shot him with a shotgun. And then the mom saw it. And she was the one who drove the body out to the country house put it in the woods and burned it and she was like I was just trying to protect my daughter my favorite part about it is that she's like yeah I shot him with a shotgun and then my mom found him so that like that to me is like she shot him with a shotgun went back to her day the body's just (laughs) lying there and then the mom gets home and like finds a dead man she's there just playing big chess in the yard yeah (laughs) and then they're like um did you Uh, shoot the nanny yeah <laughs> like is what? cal dead in the foyer <laughs> <laughs> why are the hounds licking a dead body Ooh, the hounds yeah but yeah they talk about how you know alexa's gonna have to face some quant con- i almost said consequences. <laughs> Consequences. consequences um but like so is the mom because obviously she like disposed so, of the body so here's the thing all right so the kid this is a she's a minor uh yes. they basically imply at the end of the episode that her punishment out of all of this is going to be that eh, you know she'll be she'll do some time maybe in a facility talking with some shrinks for a while but then she'll eventually just come back and then because the family's so rich uh she'll just be able to finish out private school somewhere else and then we'll just either not have to work for the rest of her life or we'll just get a job through like the firm that they work for mm-hmm. um and, and she'll be fine basically no con- no real lasting consequences because she's a kid and that's maybe fine because she's you know has a long time to actually lead a good life after this you know um doesn't have to be terrible um but if you're the mom right if you wouldn't you know basically hey i'm so rich my kid is basically going to get off scot free why now take the risk of covering up the crime scene? Why don't I just like call it in and be like, Hey, my daughter, a minor just killed this dude. She's not going to, she's not going to get face any time in jail. Great neither question. am I now, you know, whereas now she's like, uh, well now I, now I'm going to jail <laughs> for a long time. I mean, I feel of like, co- of course, like- 
half maternal instincts and half like Mm -hmm. her kids have never had a consequence in their whole life. So she's not about to start now. Of course. Yeah. Well, and and this is where like they certainly get this whole doc like thing about like, well, what would have been better for the kid, you know? And that's like, Mm -hmm. you can't, you can't argue like logic is not going to apply to the parent in this case. Like they're going to do what they can to cover it up for their kid. Yeah. Maybe. The dad was giving me like you're written out of the will vibes. Yes. (laughs) Dad was absolutely Mm -hmm. giving you're written out of the will vibes. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think there's also like the ego of they think that they'll never figure out was them anyway. You know what I mean? Like that they would get away with like the full Monty. (laughs) Yeah. The the hubris was, well, we'll be able to kill, get rid of them and they won't even matter. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> you're written out of the will 100 because he was like no i want to know the whole story yeah he there was, was like there was no, no what'd you like, do i i don't care that there's no lawyers present proceed yeah yeah he's like royce and i shall move to europe <laughs> I, I like the sun better anyway yeah. i shall take a new wife and we will make another daughter <laughs> <laughs> We will move to a country that only rich people know the name of, and we're like we'll be fine. to Monte Carlo. We go. <laughs> <laughs> so we get our final scene, which is the second scene I think this episode is known for. Um, we see Max and Parker about to go do like the Mentos in the soda soda bottle explosion thing. <laughs> I don't know about you, but didn't it go so high? It did go yes. very high. So high. And it looked like it all landed in that little trough. Right. I want to know so bad, like, if the, like, set team, like, did that so many times to know that it would all fall into that tray. Or, like, how many takes? Like, was that the first take? Did they do more than one? I'm so intrigued about the, <laughs> the soda bottom mentos portion of this scene. I think that they did their television magic and they didn't actually get that effect by Mentos that they simulated it through something else. Cause Mm. like the Mentos stuff is like a lot, lot like more blubbery and you know, messy. Yeah. Cause this went Um, like six feet in the air. It seems like it was was a straight shooter. Well, uh, and so this is like what, 2008, 2009 now, are we in 2009? Yeah, we're at the end of 2008, November of 2008. Yeah. Okay. So like 2008, this is like the f- when we first discovered as this is like that- peak Mentos and Coke videos. Peak on Mentos YouTube. and Coke, yeah. exactly. Like when people like, thought oh- they were gonna die if they ingested both. Yeah. Yeah. O- o- okay, Go was about to make a great music video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not yet. <laughs> um, that treadmill video, amazing. Yeah. Uh, was this around the era of like red jumpsuit apparatus having that one song? Yes. Well, <laughs> red... uh, I'm trying to I'm having trying to... that one song. That that song is I I heard it, you know, like so one time I did turn on the radio, and uh, it's still on. <laughs> they haven't right. stopped playing. Good for them. Face down in the dirt. Face what a oh, February 2009. Was that when when Red Jumpsuit Apparatus was? When that song, when the YouTube video was oh, public. The okay, the okay, the okay Go one? No, the the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus one. Oh, we're okay. Down. okay. So we're, we're almost there. We're like three or almost. four months out. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
yeah like so this is like peak mentos and coke time mm-hmm. me in 2022 is just like ugh, whatever god this is the most boring fucking science experiment ever you don't Stupid. like the way bones describes it's it the as disrupting the, disrupting the surface tension of a two liter of cola <laughs> no it's very fancy I like this is another iconic scene of like parker and max um blowing up the coke yeah because they're like bonding and booth says like she shouldn't fire max She's like, I can't overlook the sanctity of the forensic lab. And he's like, overlook it for me as a personal favor. And she's like, you mean like a partner thing? And he's like, yes. And then she is like, this is one of those things where you're trying to do me a favor by pretending it's a favor for you. And he's like, no, because I can't enrich Parker at home, but you can and Max can. And so you should let him stay here, which like, I don't know why Max working there enriches him, but okay. And then, yeah, they do the whole Mentos thing. And then Bones is smiling because the whole scene is fairly precious when they're like all excited that it like shot up so high. And Parker's like, look what I did. And she's like, look at my dad. And then Booth scooches way closer over to her and is like, look at my boy with your dad. And she's like, okay, fine. <laughs> like he can keep his job. And they just smile at each other and have their mm-hmm. enviable tall yellow coffee cups. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, guess what? The OK Go music video came out a day before the one that Red Jumpsuit Apparatus released. What? Isn't that crazy? That OK is Go was February 26, 2009, and the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus music video came out on February 27th. That's wild. That's crazy that you associated February those two. February was lit. It's crazy that I said the OK Go one, and then you were like, oh, yeah, like Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, and you were dead on. I like That's just amazing. them in my mind. You guys right were one day apart in your <laughs> memories of important things that happened in early 2009. <laughs> important. Yes. Very important. Mm-hmm. Well, is it IMDb time? Sure is. Okay. This one got a 7.6 out of 10. That is below average, but not bad. Um, on, on the IMDb scale. However, I'm going to say it did worse because only three people reviewed this one, <laughs> which is not, not many. Um, uh, Mitrimp, which we've done a bunch, uh, this was in 2016. They gave this one an 8 out of 10, titled it Do It For Me. Uh, this episode is about a military man turned nanny who gets killed. Several people are looked into at for this. But the person that did the killing may be shocking and very, very sad. Is it, though? She seems like kind of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brennan is upset when she discovers her father is working at the Jeffersonian she asks Cam to fire him then does so herself her father uses some interesting tactics to get Booth to talk to her how does Booth approach this? do it for me uh, we know that anytime these words are uttered from Booth or Brennan it gets done we also get to watch Parker um, I wish he could have been in the show more um, Jan uh, gave this one a 7 out of 10 Um she wrote, uh, poor, poor Bones is having a fit, all because Cam thought it'd be a great idea to hire Bones' father as a teacher to teach visiting students. You would think by the way she's acting that she wanted the job herself. Um, as the FBI, uh, we know from previous episodes, uh, screens all new employees for the Jeffersonian. Wouldn't Booth already know that Max had been hired? I don't know. 
Interesting. Well, he might not have been in the screening process. Exactly. Like, is he checking up on it daily? Probably not. But again, um, Jeffersonian security is terrible. So Jefferson is security terrible. Leaks like a sieve that one. I love that both Cam and Booth argue with Bones about Max working at the lab. The prize for most obnoxious person this episode is split between Elsbeth King and her equally offensive son, Royce. I think it's Royce, actually. <laughs> um, I love Hodgins' enthusiasm for the simple but effective wind tunnel experiment, but I'm still at a loss to understand why Bones is objected to Max's involvement with it. Bones states that he took part in the investigation, but he didn't, as far as I can see. Did I miss something here? Um, I will, <laughs> sorry, Jen, I'm going to take umbrage with that because, uh, Max, Max was very involved. Not only like he, he gave the impression that he's not going to in any way interfere with investigations at all. And what does he do? He sneaks over to the side and is like, actually, let's do an experiment. Here's all the, he takes a big involvement with it. Sure. He doesn't touch anything, but touching is not the problem. So anyway, I agree because again, not to go back to man in the mansion, but when they all get asked about that muskrat hair, they say who found it, who identified it, who did this, who did that. And they all have to say that Hodgins Hodgins was not a part of it at all whatsoever. So if it ever came out that he was in the room, they could say, okay, whose idea was the wind tunnel? They would have to say it was Max. Yeah. Um, I love Hodgins' enthusiasm. Oh, wait, no, we just did that one. Um, he suggested that they check the National Oceanic Atmosphere Administration, or NOAA. Um, the award for most embarrassing conversation goes to, yes, you've guessed it, Max and Booth. Are you sleeping with my daughter? Just what century is Max living in to be asking that question? Booth's feelings are hurt by the enrichment talk in the car, so much so that when they cross the burn site, he is sarcastic with Bones. Anyway, just who would be stupid enough to burn a body just outside their own home? I mean, really. Is it just silly or lazy? Um, my heart goes out to Dr. Sweets, who feels unappreciated this episode. Nothing I say has any impact. Welcome to the real world, kid. Most of us think that way from time to time, but later on, Dr. Sweets' smile comes back uh, when Booth asks him for advice. The writers do a good job with the end scene, which always steals the show. Overall, an okay episode with only a couple of standout moments. And I feel like Jan saying, overall, an okay episode with only a couple of standout moments says, says speaks volumes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 10 out of 10 from Vampirologist though they gave us one uh, 10 out of 10 because they say mad skills babe um, Wendell's back which is lovely good to know that uh, Zach's uh, surprise appearance in his previous episode didn't shake him too much uh, that, that's true I didn't think about that yeah last time Wendell was in this Zach had a sneak popped up sneak, <laughs> sneak um, thing so um, no Zach in this one though uh, the Max storyline was great, but some of it confused me. Why was Cam the one to decide whether or not Max was hired? He's not He's not got anything to do with the forensics team. Wouldn't someone else be in charge of hiring for that position? Um, <laughs> yeah, we agree. Um, anyway, it's great to see Max and Brandon's dynamic outside of the prison walls and how Booth convinces Brandon to let her father stay at the Jeffersonian, spoiler, which apparently doesn't last long since the next time we see Matt, he definitely doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> So I guess, I guess that we don't have to worry about this for, for too long, or maybe he's just a quiet Dawson off to the side. <laughs> um, I love that. I love that Cam was able to convince Hodgins to get back into doing experiments. Of course, it's not the same as it was when it was with him and Zach, but it's still really great to see Hodgins get excited about that again after his departure in this episode, we get our eighth 
question mark guest star who goes on to appear in suits gina torres or she's known in bones antonia tony ezrelo the flying dermatologist her character <laughs> oozes calm confidence and elegance and i loved every single second she was on screen the case is pretty decent not too simple not too convoluted it's always a bit disheartening when a kid ends up being a murderer but at least in this one it's far from an accident overall great episode um i think everyone is utilized well um in figuring out the different aspects of the case um the side plots were also very entertaining without taking too much away from the main plot of the case. So they gave this one a 10 out of 10. Um, all right. So real quick, they go on to list off some of the other bones people that eventually go on to be in suits. One, uh, Zelkio uh, Ivanek, um, dad from woman in the car. This was like season one. Um, he was in suits. Uh, That's Paladin. Paladin. Pal- Paladin. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Glenn Plummer, who is in Harold uh, from the woman in the tunnel. Uh, Julie Ann Emery, Janine from the from the, the journalist from Aliens in a Spaceship, uh, Denise Crosby, the mom, the mum from uh, The Secret in the Soil, Abigail Spencer, who's Philippa Prince from The Man in the Mud, mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Fischler, who is Bill Gil Bates from Boy in the Time Castle. I can't believe they named Gil, Gil Bates <laughs> instead of Bill Gates. I, <laughs> I forgot, forgot about, about that. that. Uh, Ian Gil Reed Bates. <laughs> the last one is ian reed kessler who was chris calablasa from wannabe in the weeds um but oh my god gil bates <laughs> they got away with me naming a character and noise and then gil bates come on gil bates oh man that's so funny <laughs> i guess gil bates was in suits so there you go nice that is a lot of people who then went on to be in suits like a lot. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know to what degree. I mean, like, so in this episode, it's um, what, what's her name uh, here? Uh, Doctor Ezra Lowe or Gina uh, Torres. Uh, G- Gina Torres. Real life. All right. So Gina Torres. She's in like ninety-four episodes of Suits. I think she's in all of it. Right. You know, she's a main character. Main, and so is Abigail. Character. Abigail Spencer. Abigail. Is that Spencer. the other one? Yeah. Philip. Yeah, she's Philippa like a Prince main from... character in right. Suits. So, um, there'll be another I, yeah, I one. Know um something sarah rafferty michelle rafferty something rafferty something who's in suits okay Um, all right well vampirologist you missed this one so well i think they just saying so far ones we've seen so far yeah oh guest Um, stars prior to this episode you're right you're right you're right yeah i think it's sarah rafferty everyone's screaming at me right now (laughs) um she she's the other i've never i don't know her episode of suits but but I know she's in I know exactly which episode of Bone she's in um and I know she's like one of the main characters in Suits that's her name Sarah Rafferty Donna Paulson yeah there it is she's like a main character in Suits and she's she plays a realtor in an episode of Bones she's in seven episodes is what it says of Suits sorry 134 episodes I was gonna say she's like a main character. In that show. Nice. Sorry. What about okay. what's her name? What's about what's her name? Princess. Princess. Uh, the... Oh, she's in a lot. Well, yeah, Meghan she's Markle. Main... Yeah, Meghan Markle. There it is. She's a main character. Yeah, she's not in Bones. <laughs> no, no, alert. I, I, oh, I know that. <laughs> well, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> she could have been. She could have been. Yeah. She very well could have been. She's in an episode of Castle. Mm. 
I think uh, so. She could have been in an episode of Bones. I think it's Sa- Castle. Sarah Rafferty, I think, might be coming up this season because she's in an episode in 2009. Nice. Very cool. Okay. So for the playlist this week, the song that was in the episode that we will be adding to the playlist is called The Sun Will Rise by Brendan James. Um, This happens at the end when they're up in the OJ loft area and down looking down on um, Max and Parker doing the soda experiment and they're, you know, reminiscing about enrichment and science. So the song is The Sun Will Rise and the artist is Brendan James. The song that was not in the episode, but we're going to feature anyway. Um, we're going to do Rich Girl by Hollow Notes uh, because the killer in this episode, she was a rich girl. She went too far, but you know, it don't matter anyway. <laughs> she can rely on the old man money. She can rely on the old man's money. <laughs> so. So apropos. Apropos. <laughs> Here's our Rich Girl. <laughs> Hollow Notes is a great band so I'm excited that they're among the many many artists that we have on the B- Bones 2 playlist uh, okay personal reviews again I feel like I already talked about oh this is like not a big big time one but I do love a lot of stuff that's going on in this episode I love the scene with Max and Booth where he like basically confronts him with a like what are your intentions with my daughter type of <laughs> conversation um and how very serious booth gets when he's like she's beautiful like it's not about that and he's like what are you doing um so that's fun i like the ending scene where max and um parker are like having that like fun little moment doing science i also really like the whole hodgins of it all where everyone's kind of trying to come like come together to have and be excited about experiment time again because honestly experiment time is one of my favorite things that they do um in all of bones so if he's not happy doing it then i'm not happy because he's not doing it and i'm not watching him do it so i like that they kind of all banded together to do that and i love the amount of like truly random and magical evidence that angela (laughs) did this episode um and i know in the past when we've had like a child beat the killer it's always like that one reviewer said like oh it's always like an accident or it's like kind of a sad circumstance where it's just like this was a psycho child so if we're gonna go like child killer route i like when again we love our like malicious intent murderers um she was just like calm and cool and she was like yeah he didn't do my homework so i shot him it's like dang um so i appreciate it so 10 out of 10 for me I don't know about this one. I love Parker and Max and their science mocks at the end. <laughs> Very cute. Science mock. Science mock. That's what your tattoo should say. <laughs> True. Um, that's very cute. I like I like that Max is making a visit. We haven't seen him in a while. Um I think Sweets' advice is just stupid this episode, so I don't like that. And like not enough Angela. I want more Angela in my episodes. Um, and I do think some of Bones' speech about private school and stuff, I get that she's like, no, but Parker's great. It's just like, it's so elitist. It makes me, it annoys me. Um, so I don't know. It's just not a standout episode. Um, I do like that we have a little sociopath, um, as the murderer. That's kind of fun. So I think I'll give it like a six. It's like, it's still, it's a good episode, but mm. 
It's fine. This one was not my favorite. Um, I, I I don't like it. I'm 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 still just like can't get over. Still fuming over just like Max the Max Keenan of it all. I I, I, <laughs> I, I, I hate him. I hate him so much. Um, I, he's he's manipulative. He's non genuine. Um, and you know, if we want him to actually form a real relationship with his daughter, then he needs to stop trying to manipulate the the scenario in which they get to spend time together, um, and actually, you know, be, be a good dad about it all. Uh, I don't like it at all. It it makes me, it it makes me angry. I'm worked up about it. I hate it. Um, (laughs) Wendell doesn't help. Uh, (laughs) Wendell helps none at all. Um, this, this episode also just felt like very like, so forgetting all that, um, this episode feels like I got transported back to like season one or two. Like it, it felt, it gave that vibe. It gave that feel. And I felt like we advanced, we had advanced so far past it, especially after last week, which is a big highlight. Like I thought that one was actually a really good episode. Um, I think we all did. Um, so, um, this was, was kind of a letdown. It was like back to like, oh, we're going to do like a weak ass story with our, with the uh, Nestor Olivas all over again, which I don't think we rated that episode very high back then. Uh, also, the body was also found up high in a tree in that one too. So <laughs> we're right back. Um, yeah, I, not good. One out of 10. Worse than I was going to rate it. I was going to say two out of 10, but I guess oh. I have to go one out of 10 because <laughs> it was, Sorry. I don't think my view of this episode is any better than yours. Um, yeah. There was, there was nothing redeeming about this episode. Um, Max Keenan is back, so obviously he's going to be below a five. Um, Wendell is another <laughs> character. Hodgins was a soulless version of himself. Like he, it just, he would just wasn't himself. And even he had, he had at least a little bit of dimension last episode or like, you know, the past few. Um, but this time he was just like nothing. Um, Angela, you know, we, we, we obviously love her and she was just doing her own thing. Obvi- um, I just, I have nothing to say about this. <laughs> One out of I'll forget this episode ever existed. It's funny. You definitely won't forget. I forgot about this episode. <laughs> And I've seen these seasons multiple times. <laughs> yeah, I love it so much. Not, I mean, the episode's fine. I love your guys' reaction so much is what I'm, <laughs> what I'm commenting on. Yeah. Oh, the reason this episode gets a one and not a zero is that Bones is back in the lab and has her science smock on. Science smock. It's been a while. Oh, I mm-hmm. love science smock. <laughs> I think it rolls off the tongue better than lab coat. <laughs> it definitely yeah. does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. Okay, everyone. So I know that everyone has been chomping at the bit for us to get to the next episode, which is Double Trouble in the Panhandle. I'm so sorry <laughs> to inform everyone that we will be taking next week off. <laughs> Oh no! Not on purpose. I, not on purpose. No, no. Purpose. 
I feel like this happened last time we took time off where it was like the next episode coming up was like one that people really like. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't we have like, don't we have like the numbers on it? It's like of the, what, what episode are we on? What ep- This is 11. No, so no, no. This but- will be episode 12 of season four. No, no, no. Of how many episodes of, of the podcast of the podcast have we done? Oh. The, we've done 72 or three. Somewhere how, around there. How many weeks have we missed? <laughs> like five? Maybe five. <laughs> Maybe five. Perspective yeah. is all I'm saying. No, I mean, like not counting Christmas, probably five. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're uh, this is just to say we don't mean to do take this break when everyone's really looking forward to this episode, <laughs> especially since this one was like a little lackluster. <laughs> this is like so cruel. <laughs> but that is to say also, Akil and Andrew, what do you think double trouble in the panhandle means? Oh. Well, so title alone, I saw this come up and I was like, oh boy, I'm excited. <laughs> Double trouble <laughs> in the panhandle can only mean great things. I, obviously, we're going to be in Florida. That's the only panhandle mm-hmm. I can assume we're talking about here. Um, not Oklahoma, I don't think. Um, but um, because so Florida, who do we know in Florida? Sully, not Sullenberger, but uh, <laughs> Peanut. I Peanut. So Tim Sullivan is his name. I think we're, I think we're going to get a Sully appearance or actually, wasn't there a spinoff show or something of bones that was like in a, correct in Mm -hmm. a bayou or something. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is this where we start that journey? Maybe. Could be. That's That's what I think. (laughs) That's what I think is going to happen. Um, I think that there's going to be. Bill's face is so upset at the idea that that's what this next episode. <laughs> <laughs> there's, well, they, all right. So I think they're going to introduce some fun side characters, and guess what? Those fun side characters are going to go off and do their own TV show, um, and nobody's going to watch it. and It's going to get canceled. Um, the, the this this one though, they're going to do the case. I think that we might see a Tony and Roxy appearance, maybe. Um, they're going to be off together off out of dc proper and into they're going to be on location they're going to be some zoom calls there's going to be some beaming there's going to be some zooming there's going to be some 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 zapping some some data over um all of the batman noises they're gonna find they're gonna find a body in an alligator one way or another or at least parts of a body in an alligator, or they're going to su- suspect an alligator of the murder. And they're going to be like, we're going to have to kill the alligator to get stuff out of it. And then they're going to save the alligator because it's like, no, he's actually not guilty. He was just doing his alligator thing. Um, it's got to be something gator related. Uh, they're going to find out that somebody got murdered because they hit him with a fan boat. Um, just ran him over <laughs> with a fan boat. <laughs> we're going from and... pan handle to like Everglades. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. I, I'm getting very Everglades. But I also don't know if they know the difference. <laughs> so True. That's honestly very true. Oh, is the TV show called The Glades? No. Is that the name of the TV show? Was that another TV show? Potentially. It's <laughs> not be. it's not the it's not the spin-off show. That was okay. called The Finder. The Finder, that's it. Yeah. So close, but it's the finder. Okay. 
Anyway, that's enough of guessing for me. I nice. don't know what makes it double trouble. Akil, maybe you can figure that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you can like every other trope that this show has. <laughs> um, which would be great if we got all of the like the fun stuff that we like about the show and we enjoy about the show in this one. Um, but I think that the guess about Sully was was something I was thinking about too. Um, it would be hilarious if we went to Florida. Um, Sully was there on Temperance, um, but the double trouble comes from, uh, like a murder where there's like a twin involved. So like we do genetic testing, but we have to figure out which twin it was. Um, but the DNA is identical, so it's tough to figure out um and yeah i'm gonna leave it at that amazing your guys's guesses clear my skin for the next week i'm i swear (laughs) (laughs) they keep me hydrated Um, so yeah, we'll find out in two weeks if you're listening, uh, to us, like as we're going, if you're in the future listening, then go ahead and play hit play. Cause then you'll find out right now. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm actually kind of sad for us ourselves that we have to wait for your guys' reaction to the next episode. Um, but, um, it's okay. We'll, uh, we'll get there eventually everyone. <laughs> So in the meantime, again, we will be taking next week off, but we will be still be on Patreon. We'll still be on Twitter at the Bones Booth, posting fun things over there um, and exclusive stuff over on the Patreon. So join that if you would like. Want to give a shout out to Emma and Leandra. Thank you guys so much for being patrons. We appreciate you. Um, You guys are so funny. Um, I will say we got so many we got so many remarks about like people's plane travel, <laughs> whether there's a downstairs or not, uh, on Patreon <laughs> today. That's amazing. Apparently so, there's a downstairs on planes for bathrooms, which is wild to me. I love that the four of us have never experienced that, but everyone else is like, yeah, no, <laughs> there's bathrooms downstairs. So Especially thank you when for like, that. most planes don't try nearly hard enough to make bathrooms in airplanes. Mm. Yeah. Um, and in some, they make a whole new level for them. So I'll let cool. you know. To- I'll let you know tomorrow. Yeah. Perfect. So thank you guys for that, because we love being educated about the random things that we um, talk about here. So we will be back in two weeks with Double Trouble in the Panhandle, and we'll see what that whole shenanigans is about. We just went over season four, episode 11, The Bone That Blue. Um, And yeah, we'll see you guys all soon. I literally can't wait. It's going to be, honestly, I feel like since we started from season one, people have been like double the two doubles, the two doubles in season four are like people's faves. We're about to do again. I know we had a little bit of a dip this week, but we're about to hit like a really good stride of season four. So I know um, everyone's excited for not only next week's episode, but for basically almost all the rest of them um, in this season. But we'll start that journey in two weeks. Bye.